on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, for he is risen. Remember how he told you that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners. And then on the third day, rise. Let us stand, church, and say,
let us proclaim with confidence the good news of Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The peace of our risen Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. Welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church. We are so glad that you are here with us to celebrate Easter Sunday. There is a friendship pad on each one of the pews near the center aisle, and we'd love to have you take it and fill it out and let us know that you're here with us today and pass it down the aisle so others can fill it out too. Uh, there is an announcement sheet inside of your bulletin. It tells you some of the things that are going on in the life of our church. Most of them are listed on the front, and then the details of those things are inside. You are welcome to sign up for any of those things. You don't have to be a member of the church to come to those things. There's a blood drive this coming Wednesday. You could sign up for that today. Uh, next Sunday afternoon, one of the things that's happening is at 2 o'clock, there is a concert in here of an orchestra that I have heard the recording. They sound wonderful, and it's a free concert. So put that on your calendar for next Sunday afternoon. We have a six-week grief support group that begins a week from tomorrow. And if you have lost somebody that you love, this is uh, proven to be a class that's very helpful for lots of people, and you might find it helpful for yourself too. There is somebody on the patio who can help you sign up for that, or you can do that online if you would prefer. Our children are signing up for summer programs, Vacation Bible School and the Surf Camp, Camp H2O. So be sure that you get into those, sign up soon, and that, the information is in here. Our senior pastor, Jerry Tankersley, is retiring at the end of June. And there's some information here in here about some of the celebrations that we're going to have of uh, him and his ministry and his wife, Kay. So you are very welcome to be part of those two. We'd love to have you there. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, we have been born anew into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled and kept in heaven for us. It is in that spirit of mercy, of joy, of Easter hope, and the assurance of life that we come together this day to worship the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please join me for our call to worship. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has given us new life and hope. He has raised Jesus from the dead. God has claimed us as his own. 
He has brought us out of darkness, and he has made us light to the world. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let us stand and worship the living God. Let's lift up the Alleluia Church.
God has opened to us the gates of righteousness that we might enter through them, confident in God's love for us in Jesus Christ. Let us confess our sin as we pray together in unison. Lord Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have been raised from the waters of baptism to share your glorious resurrection. Yet we have not lived as Easter people. We are unsure of your promise, confused about your will, and afraid in the face of danger. Like Mary, we weep at the tomb, for we do not recognize your presence. So hear now the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray through Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Let us stand together and sing.
Amen. Let us be seated. I invite you to take the Pew Bible and turn to the Gospel of Matthew for our reading this morning, page 33 in the New Testament of the Pew Bible, beginning at the last paragraph of chapter 27, verse 62. The Easter story. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pontius Pilate and said, Sir, we remember what that imposter said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may go and steal him away and tell the people he has been raised from the dead. And the last deception would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tombs secure by sealing the stone. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And while they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priest everything that had happened. After the priest had assembled with the elders, they devised a plan to give a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, you must say, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed, and the story is told to this day. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, we ask that you would allow us now, through the power of your Holy Spirit, to hear this story in a new way and to open our hearts, unseal our very being, 
and risen Christ come to live within us, we ask in your name. Amen. A biblical scholar by the name of N.T. Wright, who is a professor at the University of St. Andrews in uh, Scotland, written many books, but one of them is entitled Simply Jesus. And he outlines in that book the storm that was brewing throughout the Mediterranean world in the first century. And the storms began in Rome, where at last Julius Caesar, of whom we've heard, conquered his enemies, defeated other Roman armies, went to the capital city, and installed himself as the Caesar, the majestic one, the emperor of the empire, and then declared himself as divine. And so the emperor was worshipped around the empire. To be a good citizen of Rome, it was necessary to burn incense and to confess, Caesar is Lord, Caesar is King, the source of all life and power. This was Rome's story. It was its narrative, and it defended it against any reinterpretation or weakening of it. The empire stationed representatives in various places around the Mediterranean world. The Middle East was important to Rome because Rome's food came through, through the Middle East. And so Pilate was there not to make sure there was plenty of oil arriving in Rome, but grain from Egypt and other places to feed the masses of hungry, poor people in the capital city. And of course it was proclaimed that Caesar... Julius Caesar, who along the way had been killed, assassinated, and replaced by his adopted son, Octavian, who named himself Augustus and who proclaimed himself to be son of God, he was the one who provided the blessings of life and food for the empire, for peace and justice. And so there were inscriptions on monuments and other places throughout the empire. Good news, those inscriptions proclaimed. We have an emperor, and he's a source of justice and of peace and of prosperity. And Rome, therefore, is to be worshipped. The king is on his throne in the capital city. This was the first storm that was blowing in the Mediterranean world. But there was another storm that came out of Palestine. It was the Jewish storm. And a people who had been in that land that had a long history, going back to the first day of creation, to the fathers and the mothers of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Jacob, and their family, to the time of the exodus under the leadership of Moses as the people were delivered out of Egyptian slavery into the promised land. The kings arose, 
Saul and David and Solomon. And it was believed that one of the kings of Israel ruling from Jerusalem would be the representative of God. And that was another story, another narrative to be defended and learned and appreciated. And that story became nationalistic. And Israel at the time of Jesus was waiting for her king. And Jesus rode into the middle of that storm of Rome and Jerusalem. And he rode on the back of a, of a colt, the foal of a donkey, that was not a war horse, but was a symbol of peace and of blessing. And as he rode down the Mount of Olives into the old city, he looked at the city and wept over it because it did not know the things that made for peace. And he could see the day coming when Jerusalem itself and its temple would be destroyed and the narrative weakened and it grieved Jesus, but he came and he brought another understanding of the kingdom, yet it was built upon the whole history of the Old Testament story of Israel. Nevertheless, he carried in his own personhood the presence of the living God and he presented himself as God's humble servant who came in self-sacrificing love and humility to lay down his life to demonstrate the love of God for the whole world. The message of Easter, the narrative of Easter has to do with this love. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. But the good news that is witnessed to across the New Testament is the good news that the one who suffered and died on the cross in Jerusalem was the one on the third day who was raised from the dead, who now sits at the right hand of the Father where he makes intercession for us. And we as Christians confess Jesus is Lord and not Caesar. The leaders of the religious community in Jerusalem knew they had to do something to strengthen their narrative, to guard their story. Because even though they expected a new king to come, they did not expect the king to be this kind of a king. They wanted a king who would come in great power and glory and throw out the Romans. And so a great storm was blowing. And the representatives of the religious community in Jerusalem sent a delegation to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor stationed in Caesarea and Jerusalem, to make this appeal, look, this impostor who has just been put to death said that by the third day he would live again, he would be raised from the grave. If we allow the possibility that his disciples may come and steal his body away, 
The last may be worse than the beginning because they may proclaim that Jesus was raised from the dead even though we know he was not because dead men are not raised. Therefore, make the tomb of Jesus secure. This Pilate is not a fairy tale person. He actually lived. You go to Caesarea, right on the coast of the Mediterranean to that outdoor amphitheater there, you see a huge inscription to Pontius Pilate. I have a ring on my finger made of a coin from the time of Pilate. It has Pilate's insignia on it. As a witness that Pontius Pilate was the Roman judge when Jesus was convicted and put to death. And so the delegation from Jerusalem went to him and said, look, secure the tomb at least until the third, the third day. And then the disciples will not be able to say that he was raised from the dead. It's a beautiful and simple story Matthew 28, each of the Gospels tell it in a little different way. The guards went out. They sealed the tomb. They stood guard there for three days. And then suddenly, on the first day of the week, there was a great earthquake. There was lightning so bright that it stunned the, the soldiers and silenced them, and they fell over like dead. And an angel of the Lord came and rolled the stone away. And Jesus was raised, and the women arrived just at that time, and the young man, the angel, was seated, seated in the tomb. And he said to the women, Come, see where they laid him. I know who you're searching for. You're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He has been raised from the dead. But now you go and tell his disciples that the resurrected Jesus is going before them to Galilee. He's alive, and they will see him there. And they did see him there, and they saw him in Jerusalem, and they saw him in many places. The Apostle Paul could write, I delivered to you that which was also of utmost importance, how Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, but on the third day he was raised and then he appeared to many faithful witnesses, to Peter and to James and to John and to all of the apostles, to 500 people all at the same time. And last of all, to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. The early church staked their lives upon the truthfulness of that story, of that witness, of that good news. That Christ was risen. He is risen indeed. And it transformed, it unmasked all the stories of the world of any principality and power that might proclaim themselves as God, as divine. There's only one God, and it's the God of Israel. It's the God of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who came to demonstrate the love of God to us. God has the power to roll back the stones of our lives. Isn't that good news?
We can develop narratives in our own life story about ourselves and our own journey that can become so hardened that nobody can open them up and make us receptive. But the Easter story reminds us that God has the power. And He can come and open our lives and make Himself real to us and come and live within us to take out of us our hearts of stone and to replace them with hearts of flesh so that we know that Christ is alive, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the great hope that we celebrate on this Easter Sunday, that Christ is alive and through faith He dwells in our hearts. And so we join with Christians around the world this day and celebrate that God is the source of life. By His great mercy, we've been born anew into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that resurrection is rewriting all the narratives of this earth. It rewrote the narrative of Rome. It rewrote the narrative of Jerusalem and of the whole cosmos because the one who was raised sits at the right hand of the Father and we confess that Jesus is Lord and not Caesar our Pharaoh, or anyone else. There is but one God who has revealed himself in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You ever think about your story of salvation? How you came to know God? My spiritual director has been encouraging me to write my story of salvation and I started on that some time ago and have found it more difficult than I thought it was going to be. To put down into words how, who God is and how God has acted in my life and changed the narrative of my life and given to me a future with hope. In my retirement, I hope to do more writing on that. Whether anyone else ever reads it or not, It'll be my story. Like every one of us has a story, and every church has a story and a narrative, and Christianity has a story. And we believe, as C.S. Lewis wrote, that we live in enemy-occupied territory. And that a civil war has broken out in human history, in this cosmos, in this planet. In living in enemy-occupied territory, we believe that the true king has come disguised in Jesus of Nazareth to lay down his life for us. In doing so, in being baptized into him, he rewrites the story of our lives with meaning, with purpose, with hope, and we celebrate that with Easter joy today, that Christ is alive. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart and in your heart through faith. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand with me now and let's confess our faith from the words of 1 Corinthians 15. <clears throat>
we read responsively these words of the Apostle Paul. For I handed unto you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter, then to the Twelve, then He appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Amen. You may be seated as we receive our Easter offering. The offertory this morning is a song written by Michael Card from the text from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. I just want to read that. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It seems I've imagined him all of my life as the wisest of all of mankind. But if God's holy wisdom is foolish to man, he must have seemed out of We were 
pray. We give you thanks, great God, for the hope that we have seen and heard from Jesus, who died but is risen and rules over all. We praise you for his presence with us. And because he lives, we look for eternal life, knowing that nothing past, present, or yet to come can separate us from your great love made known in Christ our Savior. We pray for your church this morning that we may live into the resurrection joy and be a visible sign of your presence as we serve and love one another for the sake of Christ, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our closing hymn, the words you'll find on the back of the bulletin, the day of resurrection, and the tune is, Lead on, O King Eternal. and in death we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we go out today into the world with Easter hope, with Easter faith, with Easter love, to be a people that reflects the living Christ alive in our very hearts. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.